Hey, everybody. Just a quick little note on this particular issue of The Infinite Backlog. Uh, right in the middle of our recording, where Rory's Airbnb was, it just started pouring. The sky opened up and, well, it was pretty unavoidable on his audio track. So at, at a certain point, there is a dip in quality because I've had to try and remove the noise. Uh, so I apologize for that. Hopefully it doesn't affect your ability to listen to Rory's sweet, sweet tones. And with that, let's get on with this thing. It's issue number 25 of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm Andy, the heralding angel of the new rulers of Earth. And with me are my co-hosts, Shane, the purple crater-faced gorilla. Same. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) And Rory, the ill-conceived son of a badoon. (laughs) Oh, hey, everybody. What's up? I actually don't know what a badoon is. Remember that commercial, what's up? What's up? I remember what's up. Remember that commercial, what's up, Shane? I, yes. <laughs> I, I am going to put my foot down and I am not doing it. You're, you're not engaging with this non-bit. With the- <laughs> I, I know we're a yes and cast, but I have to just no but this one. I'm sorry. No, but no. You heard it <laughs> yeah. here first, everybody. Shane has no but. <laughs> That is factually inaccurate. <laughs> Shane has what? dumps like a truck. I uh, don't know about that. Like a like a minivan dumps like a minivan. I would take like like a Windstar. You could give me Windstar. Like <laughs> you could give like me a, Windstar like a PT dumps. Cruiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, so today we read stuff that, uh, that follows Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, and Dracula, and it takes us from May through September of 1973. And during this time, the U.S. launches Skylab, the first space station. Chile's dem- democratic government is overthrown by a military junta led by Augusto Pinochet, which is helped along in part by the CIA, which they still deny. And DJ Cool Herc, largely inspired by James Brown, invents the hip-hop genre in the, blo- in the Bronx. Uh, but yeah, DJ Cool Herc. I, I've never. Yeah. I, I I I knew about DJ Cool Herc. I just have never like. Are, is there like music? Were they like really underground? Do they have albums? Like, can I go listen to this proto hip hop? Yeah, ki- yeah, kind of. So you know, there's. It depends where exactly you want to draw the line of what was the impetus of of hip hop. Like the sort mm-hmm. of musical talking had. had had started. Well, sure, that has then. some some older history, right? Uh, yeah. And so normally it's sort of considered in line with with uh, DJing, you know, sort of as as an, a critical part of the sure of these of the stage. Yeah, I just think it's cool. Like it seems like when I was looking at like articles and stuff, I was like, oh, is that real? Like, is there like a agreed upon day and time where hip hop was born? And like, 
Yeah, I mean, generally people seem to be like, yeah, it was DJ Cool Herc and it was 1973. Yeah, it's it, it's not quite as definite as the day Bob Dylan picked up the electric guitar. But it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it there's an agreed upon moment that's sort of... Totally, like, totally. Yeah. But I want to talk a little bit more about what's up. Can we do that a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about comics? Let's no, what's up to some comics. I don't think we are. Uh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll we're, allow the discussion we're a, to We're a what's up podcast now. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, let's, let's do Captain Marvel first. So like I said, we read some Captain Marvel, some Spider-Man, and some Dracula. So we did three. We're, we're sort of returning to Captain Marvel um, and following it along for a little while. And... I think we're all happy to get more Rick Jones, right? <laughs> I did not uh, hate these episodes. No, American these, these teen were, Rick Jones. <laughs> these were a little bit better than the Captain Marvels we've suffered through up to this point. Yes. Well, partly that's because Thanos, right? I mean, like there's some sure. sort of like we're bringing in we're we're clearly building some foundations for Thanos to be like more of a spooky villain that crosses titles and uh cuz you know, we we saw his first introduction uh last week was it in iron man and uh you know he's he's definitely spooky but we're really we're really building up his his hype factor now yeah um, i think he's a better villain as a sort of as a marauder with a with a weird background uh, i mean everybody's always known the 50 percent thing was kind of stupid um yeah and and the comics even kind of treated as stupid i mean it's such an odd thing right where it's like mm-hmm it can't be so his plan can't be good enough that it's mistaken for a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what what is different, the biggest difference in the comics, and of course, we'll get here when we actually get to the Infinity Gauntlet series. Um, but the biggest difference with Thanos is. Did, OK, actually, quick poll. Do you guys say Thanos or Thanos? I usually get I've Thanos. Like, I say it like the movies because yeah, I say Thanos. What I, what other context do you have? We're American. Thanos. Thanos. I think if if the movies hadn't made a call, you could make a pretty reasonable. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Re- uh, claim to Thanos. Yeah. Uh, I be- I think because he's from a place where it's like Titans and it's like the right, god of war, yeah, like, Eros, like Eros is there. Yeah. 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 So Thanos is largely doing his like big 50% plan later on with the with the infinity stones infinity gems whatever yeah this uh, time we're on a sort of bargain bin thanos where he's looking for the extreme square <laughs> the best square of all the cosmic is it, cube is the, the cosmic, cosmic cube, cube not the tesseract is it not it does not mean no, the tesseract they're, they're distinct they're distinct concepts i think uh, there okay. are multiple cosmic cubes over uh, marvel's history sure um but anyway, nothing, what is scarier, what I was nothing say, is scarier than a cube. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what I was going to say is that is that he's largely later on his motivation is not like like the movie version of his motivation is like oh you know we need to save the population of our you know we're overpopulated blah 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 blah. There I think there's a tiny bit of that in the comics, but largely he literally just wants to fuck death. Like he's really in love with Mistress Death, and he's like, "If I kill half of everyone, she's gonna be so impressed with me, and I want to do it." I think in the comics they've had more time to they, to escalate his his uh-huh. uh, his motivations. 
I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they did the 50% thing in the comics. I'm almost positive. Oh, yeah, no, no. That's, that's, he did the 50% thing, but he did it to impress a lady a lot. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, anyway, we have none of that yet. We're, he's, he's like trying to take over Earth because he's, I guess, I don't know. There's a ration, rationale where he's like Earth and then the rest of the galaxy. And so Earth is first. And I mean, because he comes from Saturn's moon, Titan. So he's sort of in the neighborhood. And uh, yeah, he really needs Rick Jones. And it's kind of weird. There's sort of a it's so fast to be doing retcons already. But we're sort of retconning to the Kree Scroll War that we just read a few weeks ago that when the Supreme Intelligence was fucking around with Rick, he like implanted information about where the cosmic cube is into Rick's head for safekeeping. Mm hmm. And that's why Thanos wants him. And the cosmic cube is like some sort of dot, 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 fill in the blank spooky weapon. Um, that's the, I mean, it's the best square. Yeah, it's the best square. <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah. center square. Yeah. Is that funny? Is that pop culture still? I mean, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about Wazops. Are we talking about like, we're talking about center square too? Is that Hollywood yeah. squares? Yeah. That's what you I get said. Whoopi, get Whoopi Goldberg in here. <laughs> <laughs> he and wants that one gay guy. Who's that gay guy? Who's that? Who's who's the gamo that does it? Oh, I don't know. Didn't they always have Gilbert Gottfried too? <sighs> I think so. Yeah, they Man, did. He just wants Whoopi. He wants Whoopi because he loves Sister Act, and he knows that if everyone in the galaxy watches Sister Act, then he'll he'll be able to take over the world. Um, that is wild. That to think that Thanos would use Sister Act as like a mind control medium. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we get a lot of like really upset Rick panels in these three issues. Oh God, he's always crying. He's crying or mad. He just wants to punch the world. The and... the uh, the history of Titan was a little bit kind of cool uh, until we until we cut to this the single tear of Rick Jones and, and you, got, <laughs> you you kind of can't take it seriously anymore. <laughs> As he's uh. It's it's really funny. Rick meets uh, Thanos's dad and brother, mentor and Eros, and yes. Yes, uh, yes. and they tell him the story and stuff. And when Rick gets like really righteously angry and single tear and like, no, I have to fucking save the universe. This is horrible. I guess I need Captain Marvel out. And he swaps places with Captain Marvel. The first thing that Marvel says is, huh, "Well, young Rick's fired by emotional flames that I don't share." It's like. <laughs> <laughs> wow dude you don't care <laughs> why don't you care about this why are you suddenly kind of a douche i feel like marvell has turned into a little bit of a douche now um or like strangely detached from earth problems whereas like earlier on in the in the first chunk of the of the run he was like slowly falling in love with earth and like feeling mm-hmm. torn now it just seems like he wants to get back to cree stuff i don't well, know maybe that maybe he, that's just he, my reading when he shows up he's kind of like He's 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 just like ah I don't care about emotion stuff but because I'm a Cree I like to fight so let's fight yeah yeah he's kind of I don't know he's lost a little bit of the interest you know I think he's a bit I, I understand what they were going he's for and significantly and, you know. more jacked so maybe he's just been kind of on roids and is just kind of really <laughs> maybe he's just got he's just got fighting on the mind he really is they have swolled him up a lot <laughs> yeah like a lot yeah. Uh, he's got I, significant I know. depth now, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah, you, not character it's depth. One thing to be, it, it's one thing to be swole, you know. 
in in width and height but this guy this guy is this guy's deep as well he's, he's also deep <laughs> you can you can drop a quarter into those crags and not hear it hit hit rock bottom for a few seconds uh i gotta say that i mean we talked about earlier that that marvell and rick jones this sort of like dynamic that they have again kind of echoing the copyright trolling they're doing with billy batson shazamming into shazam uh i understand that they're they're doing that but also i feel like it has completely unmoored marvell from all the like situation that made him interesting because Mm -hmm. i really liked when he was uh walter lawson trying to be incognito at the at the space not the space station but like the rocket silo and you know, Carol Danvers is on his trail and he's like making smoochy faces at her and like, oh, no, all these things are happening. Like it was a really cool situation. And now I just sort of feel like they're just bumbling from one problem to another problem. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I like these issues, but I'm not like emotionally attached to them in the same way that I used to be. We get a couple good lines. I will say <laughs> when Thanos is trying to fight Drax, because Drax the Destroyer shows up again as he's like trying to get a hold of the Cosmic Cube. And he he starts like putting him into this crazy trippy dreamscape. And he says, I'm going to put you under like the worst of dooms, death by time mind sink warp, <laughs> which are just four words. That <laughs> <laughs> the time mind sink warp. And it just stretches them out in like weird, like stretch. Ar- they become stretch Armstrong characters, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good. That panel, <laughs> panel is goofy. Yeah, yeah, and and we keep having these like interjected lines from this strange like otherworldly entity called Eon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he keeps it's like he's talking to himself. He's like, "Now Eon, yes, Eon." <laughs> uh, in a sort of like, isn't that right, Barry? You bet, another Barry, like from Archer. <laughs> 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 but. At the end of these three issues, we kind of see like, A, Thanos gets the Cosmic Cube. That's scary. We don't know what's going to happen now. But B, Eon summons Captain Marvel into the negative zone to meet with him. And he's this like big, gross looking monstrosity that floats in space. And that's sort of a cliffhanger where we don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah, I think it's cool. It's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens next. It's kind of a it's kind of a sort of giant rolling plot ball. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but I didn't hate him. I thought they were better no. than. Than some of the some of the plot balls we've been exposed to. <laughs> Truth, just a Katamari Damacy of. It's what of it's plot kind ideas. of what it feels like when they get yeah. through about you know, is you know there's a certain pacing to to a comic with you know the limitations of the number of panels and pages, mm-hmm. and it's pretty clear when something is just jamming more content in than sort of w- yeah. the normal pace. <laughs> and I'm calling them plot balls. Plot balls. Show me your plot balls. you hanging that plot brain (laughs) gross (laughs) so just to to sort of remind ourselves about like why these things are on our reading list right so like captain marvel is included these these have been included because from the marvel cosmic reading list uh because clearly you know it's got like marvell and thanos and that sort of thing uh but the sort of Next two that we're going to talk about, we we read two issues of Spider-Man that are included because they're they're on the like essential reading list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because this is a big this is a big event. Like we're cluing in to see a huge moment in 
like I mean, it's a landmark moment in Marvel that's referenced like forever. Um, and it's where Gwen Stacy dies. And yeah, I I've never read these two actually. I I mean, everyone knows about it. You know, they did it in the in the Andrew Garfield movies. They you know. Like it's it's constantly referenced all over the place. I just never literally read these two comics. What'd you guys think? Um, I liked them for the most part. Um, so Peter is comes to visit Harry, who is um got some sort of moon madness from too much LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the doctor's like he has clinical psychosis. Yeah, like, oh, from okay, acid. Cool. cool. I don't know what's wrong, cool. but he did acid. And, and now he, and now his brain, and now he's got, now he's got bugs in his brain. <laughs> Actually, Peter says, uh, Peter says the best line ever, uh, where he's like, as Spider-Man, he's like hanging outside the the window looking in and he goes, ah, terrific. While I'm off battling the hunk and Mo- the Hulk in Montreal, my roommate drops acid and cracks up. And it's pretty I, insensitive. It's super <laughs> insensitive. Are you friends? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty wild. I mean, later we see him really broken up about it. But like in the moment here, it definitely looks like it's just an imposition that Harry's gone off the deep end again. But now Norman is like going. He's the one who's really going off the deep end. Like Harry's Harry dropped too much acid and he's, you know, fucking bedlocked. But the thing about using Harry Osborn that is so frustrating is he carries he has the same genetic disease uh, or mental illness as as Norman Osborn, and they could be doing so much more with this than like yeah. oh Harry did acid again. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, his dad's just going nuts. You're like, okay, well, maybe there's something to this. And <laughs> you know, Norman Norman is like hallucinating Spider Man, and then oh yeah, now he's Green Goblin again. And you know, it doesn't seem like it's that hard for it to happen. He just kind of gets a little stressed, and he goes Gabo. Yeah. And he immediately goes to kidnap Gwen. Actually, I mean, he goes to Peter's apartment because he wants to go kill Peter, but he finds Gwen there. And so he kidnaps her and takes her to the George Washington Bridge where all the shit goes down. And I actually think this was really interesting. I went looking because the text in here is kind of ambiguous when she dies. Yes. Because she gets chucked off the, the bridge and Peter like catches her just in time with his webs and what we hear from Norman, I didn't write the line down, but he says something like, you know, oh, you stupid Peter. Like she was, you know, she was already dead from the fall before you caught the her. The shock will kill you. I, yeah. I didn't like that explanation. I would have rather he actually just killed her and, throw, you know, killed her first. It just uh, just to mess with Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked how it plays out. I like the, the subversion of expectations. Like this is a real comic book moment. He saves the girl from falling off of a, high, off of a tall building like we've seen a thousand times. And she was just yep. already dead. Yeah, I it is. So it's oft oft debated is what I was trying to say. Uh, It there are there's like a few possibilities for how she died. And there is one that's kind of more canon. Um, But there's like one idea was like, yeah, Norman had already killed her beforehand and she was already dead. And Peter just didn't know. Another one is the the answer we're given in the text, which is that she died from shock. But a lot of people are like, but that doesn't make much sense because she was unconscious. And then the third option, which is supported strangely in the panel by a sound effect, uh, is Whiplash broke her neck. 
And uh. there is, if you look at the panel where Peter catches her, there is a sn- there is a snap sound effect by her head. Oh, yep, yep. I think that's added by the artist or, you know, but, and I don't know that the, uh, the, the writer actually at the time intended that to be true, but I think, I was looking this up, I think later in a well, letters column. Well, they toned it down at the end. Yeah, right. I think they clarified a few months later in a letters column where they were like, oh, yeah, it was like, you know, her neck snapped when he caught her, but she was going to be dead either way. There was nothing that Peter was going to be able to do. It, it makes it makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah, I, I could I see that way better than Peter's and Stan changing it. But um... well, <laughs> Stan <laughs> didn't know they were going to kill Gwen before it showed up on his or, desk. Or, apparently. you know, whomever. My point is, like, I, 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 won't, I won't put anybody under the, you know, under the under the crosshairs. My point is, I could see them writing that plot beat that it mm-hmm, happens and it's mm-hmm. kind of Peter's fault, the way that they've done it a few times, especially with her father. Yeah. Um, and then seeing it on the page, be like, ooh, that's kind of much for a kid's comic. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But no, apparently Stan was, uh, was not pleased when they killed Gwen. He was like, what the fuck? And they were like, well, we're doing it, though. And he's like, come on. And then other people at the at the office were like, no, you should let him do this. Because I don't, I don't know if he just didn't know, like if he didn't literally like approve this particular comic before it went out. But I think he was caught unawares, and then like he was like, "Undo it, undo it," and they were like, "Well, that's going to make us look like idiots if we undo this immediately." <laughs> and he's like, "Fuck!" So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm never a fan of of you know fridging a a, a woman to to give a, a you know motivation to a man, but you know, obviously it was kind of de rigueur at the time. And in the grand scheme of things, Gwen Stacy's death has like it's led to a lot of really interesting storylines down. Yeah, there's a legacy the of it. It is not. It, yeah. yeah, there's a pretty famous, more recent Spider-Man uh, run that involves uh, an event that involves Mephisto and sort of like a timeline reset. And I think at the time they were like, okay, well, if we're gonna do a big reset, what if we finally undo Gwen Stacy's death? And apparently there were enough people still working at Marvel who were like, nah, don't do that. It's way more powerful if that's still true, that they yeah. bought that they bailed on that idea and they kept her dead in the prime timeline. So wild. yeah, it's a you know, it it's far reaching. And and, you know, obviously Mary Jane is the is the main love interest for Peter moving forward. But um, but yeah, he, he takes this one really hard. It's it's pretty intense. He like spends the second issue that we read just like on a murder rampage trying to find Norman. So I thought it was pretty effective. I thought it was, it was, it was cool to see. Yeah. And then at the end, uh, uh, as we get to the, the rampage episode, the sort of second Peter <laughs> rampage issue. <which laughs> yeah. Gotten. And it's, it's kind of, kind of boilerplate. He's just running around looking for goblin and then finds goblin. And then I am not sure. However, at the end of this, do you guys think goblins, uh, Dead, dead. I think he is, isn't he? Well, I, mean, I, I wonder. I, I didn't I think it like was clear, is. but they, it is the sort of it is the death that he gets in the first Spider-Man movie, where he's impaled by his own sort of yes. flying machine. But yeah, but as is always true in comics, we didn't like stick around and wait for the body to decompose. So yep. obviously Norman comes back. But the thing is, I I kind of fully believe that in this moment. At the time, the writer intended for Norman to be dead. It and pretty, it looks, it's pretty dead. He sort of crumples yeah. to the ground in a 
quite un he's not he's not in a sort of flattering flattering drape the way that we often see men men on the ground in marvel <laughs> yeah yeah he's not splayed out like a jonathan badweather he's uh he looks he looks sad and and broken like a dead person and peter says he's dead now and he kind of leaves and and i really yeah i really think that he's meant to be dead even though later on they're like just kidding he's not because peter didn't stay down to like check his pulse or whatever he's just like yeah i bet he's dead and he left so, mm-hmm. you know, it's that rule. I mean, we did kind of see him die on screen, but like nobody checked. So, but it's comic books. Anybody can come back to life. Who fucking cares? It's comic books, bro. <laughs> it's comic books, bro. What's up? You did this to us. Uh, I, I don't think I did that. I don't think that was me. I think that's a fucking lie. I think we've got no other comic to talk about but the hot warm. The, the, the hot thick. The thick and the, the hot, hot thick. The hot thick and warm. The hot thick and warm Dracula. Ooh, baby. Dracula's <laughs> Dracula's a constant surprise and wonderful journey. I'm enjoying every issue of Dracula. God, for real. I cannot talk <laughs> enough I I cannot talk enough about how much I am enjoying Dracula. It's it's just fun. They they're flexing. They're they're changing the idea of what they want their like story focus to be like every issue. And yeah. And so far, it's it's sort of morphed into a monster of the week. But we're still kind of have that central narrative of there's a real Dracula and we got to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, our our sort of like what had been our main cast of Frank Drake, uh, Rachel Van Helsing, Taj. And now Quincy, oh, what's his last name? Quincy Harkin? Uh, Harkin? Harkness? Harker. Harker. Quincy Harker. Harker. Um, they, they are a little de-emphasized in these five issues that we read um, in favor of some other types of stories Ooh, that Dr- they want to tell. Dracula goes on kind of a nice spree. Uh, goes be, uh, <laughs> for a few issues, which is odd. It's odd because there, there are few characters less redeemable <laughs> Dracula <laughs> so watching him go yeah. be nice to a country bumpkin for, <laughs> for a little while is a really odd read yeah I think nine nine issue nine might be my favorite one so far specifically because of that because it's weird it's weird to see he just kind of like he's had like some sort of weird misadventure where like a fisherman's caught him out of the water because he like had this whole yeah. thing and he ended up knocked out and chucked into the ocean by some punks on a motorcycle. <sighs> well, first yeah. first he's, he's, he's sort of suffered blood loss at the very end of seven or the end of eight. The end we start of, uh, with uh, him? We started with him already. No, the yeah. end of seven oh, is where yeah. he's already hit end with of, the poison dart. Yes. And he's like, yes. he's like, he can't get blood and he's in, so he's weak and sort of just moving or moving around the world. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, he does. He d- does get harangued by some local <laughs> by some local bikers, which is quite funny. He's like, yeah, "When I'm Dracula again, you you boys will be in for trouble." Uh, ooh, ooh, you. <laughs> so, I mean, there there is an aspect of Dracula that is that is sort of present here, where he you know peddles in in influence and trades favors. Yeah, um, yeah. 
So it's not like it's not out of character for him to be nice to, to regular people to sort of build some goodwill and, you know, exploit it later. It just felt like we were trying to see, like, a softer side of Dracula. And I found it off. Found the him kind of an odd read. side of Dracula. <laughs> I, I really like the whole setup for this because he ends up in this, like, like you said, like a country bumpkin town. And uh, Littlepool. Yes, the town of Littlepool. It's Littlepool, the town England. of Little, Littlepool. And uh, they, like, find his body and they carry him into the church and he wakes up like, No! <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no! <laughs> you're, you're on our vampire prank show. <laughs> oh, my God. And... And like when they're like, oh, we don't really have places to stay around here. You could stay in the church. He's like, that's a no for me, dog. And, <laughs> and so this local guy, Dave, is like, well, I got a room. Me and my girlfriend live over here. And it's so clear him and his girlfriend, Andrea, are having this whole other unrelated fight with each other. Oh, he's, and and he's, dr- he's being so catty with her, too. She's like, hey, do you have time? To, you just all we see from her is being pretty, pretty normal. Like, hey, do you think yeah. we could talk for a while? He's like. Chill out, toots. I got places to be, please. <laughs> Which and, like, is Dracula's is a... just listening to their relationship drama. <laughs> yeah, there's there's obvious sexism there that's that's not great. But I did enjoy the just the dynamic of entering the sort of lovers' quarrel with a dynamic that's not usual and not specifically given. Like, yeah, it's just different. There's just a different tone to how they're talking to each other that I was a little intrigued by. Yeah, and then the third party, who's the audience insert learning about it, is is Dracula. Is Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's so wild. good. It's we wild. learn we learn about Dave that he just wants to leave Littlepool because like nobody ever leaves Littlepool, and he's like, I want to see you know like out there, Barnaby. There's a world outside of Littlepool, and yeah, I got at first I got kind of weird magical town vibes, sort of Pleasantville shit, where it's like nobody's ever yeah. left Littlepool, and I was like, well, we just saw Dr- it didn't seem that hard to come and go, and. Yeah, and uh, uh, he he builds up sort of a little bit of courage and is like, "Hey, Dracula." I mean, he doesn't call him Dracula. His name's he calls he calls him Drake because he doesn't know he's a vampire. But he's like, "Hey, Drake, when you leave here, can I come with you?" And Dracula's response like fucking floored me. He said, "Look, there's nothing wrong with this village. Its people are happy, content with their lives. The outside world is full of scavengers, men out for other men's blood who stalk, prey on mortal weaknesses." No, Dave. There is nothing wrong here that you could not help change, perhaps for the better. It's a fun, it's an interesting take that like Dracula knows he's Dracula and he's like, you're way too soft for the real world. (laughs) Like there's Dracula's out there. (laughs) There are Draculas. Draculas. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just, he's looking out for Dave. He's looking out for Dave so hard because Dave gave him a room for the night and he's like, Dracula's always pay their debts. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Vampires always got you 100, brah. Like, <laughs> and Dave and Dave talks his mom into serving Dracula chowder. <laughs> what is this soup? <laughs> I desire hot warm. I said it again, hot warm. The thick hot. I have a need the thick hot. Oh my god! I have a need something for something thick. thick hot. Hot. I love how he's just pouring <laughs> it down the drain too. He's li- it's, the panel is literally him pouring that shit down the drain. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just uh, chowder. 
Oh God. man. Yeah, actually I did write it down. His his uh his line, his parting line after everyone knows he's Dracula and Drake actually like misleads the angry mob uh so that they don't find Drake. Dave misleads him. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, Dave is like, "Oh, he went that way." And Dracula shows up and he's like, mm, good fucking nice, move, Dave. <laughs> nice. And <laughs> good, good looking out. Good looking out, Dave. Good, good looking out, David. <laughs> and, and he says, one day you shall see that vampirism is the new order and will join me. Till then, you have the protection and friendship of Dracula. Yeah, Dracula, offers him, a, Dracula offers him a little bite and Dave's like, I want to see the world, bro. I don't got time yeah. for getting bit up on getting up. I don't have time to hunt for blood all the time. I, I have to tell you guys that that panel where Dracula puts his hand on David's arm and like is like join my crusade. He, yeah. If you go look at it real quick, his eyelashes are drawn super long. Like he's trying to seduce him. <laughs> like I, I don't, <laughs> I'll drop it into the discord, but his eyelashes are the longest thing I've ever seen. I'm literally putting it into the discord as we talk. Okay, good. Yeah, there is a there's a lot to love about that one issue, but we read five uh, and we we can't we can't move in any further without talking about how we met Blade today. And I don't know that it's the world's strongest intro, but Blade Blade makes an impression. He is a very competent motherfucker. Right. That's the thing is it 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 feels kind of uh, as if it sort of suffers from the times a little bit. He's he's sort of stealing a little bit of the Luke Cage mojo. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, this sort of disco vampire hunter is kind of cool in its own right. Yeah, I really, I really liked Blade. He's like clearly just like he's been doing this for a while. He's not really friends with other vampire hunters because they don't like the way he does it or whatever. And he's got a yeah, because he's got he a broke st- he broke the vampire hunter's golden rule. He parties <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, you can't do Dance. that. Saturday nights for dancing, and they and they then they resent him. <laughs> Saturday nights for dancing. Saturday night fever is just another term for vampirism. Ooh. <laughs> and so, yeah, actually, if if they were gonna adapt part of any of these original Blade appearances into anything that we saw on screen, just I, I don't think that the ish, actual issue ten content was amazing but just the concept of blade fighting dracula on a rich white guy's cruise ship like luxury liner that's a fun setup that's a good set piece but but not even that like dracula telling everyone that he's a vampire but like not one of those kind of vampires right like he he totally has like a show on the boat where he shows up and he's like He's basically like a vampire showgirl and people are like, oh, a vampire. And he's like, oh, no, I'm just an actor. But really, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> uh, You're thinking of my grandfather. Bad. Yeah, Dracula. exactly. Yeah, nice exactly. Dracula. Bad Dracula. <laughs> I there's there's two things on this issue that I need to talk about, and both are stupid. So I apologize ahead of time. But first of all, there's a part where Blade is trying to get everybody overboard at the end because, you know, Dracula is going to blow up the boat. And this guy yells, I can't swim. And Blade yeets him overboard and goes, no better time to learn. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a fun character bit. I really like. Uh, That is a very fun little bit of character. It's not my favorite little moment of all these. Oh, what's your favorite? Well, in the next issue, uh, Dracula Mm -hmm. is sort of, 
just going about his business and and he's shouting to his to his manservant graves to come do his bidding and then he has a moment oh, <laughs> oh that's right oh he exploded <laughs> yeah because he leaves him on the boat he has like oh oops i'm such a silly really i blew him up <laughs> how could i forget Grace i forgot dead. He <laughs> my servant blew up <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dracula! You, you you're gonna lose it one of <laughs> these days. You lose your head if it wasn't attached. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have to talk about something that you guys are probably not gonna care about, but it it blew my fucking brain completely on the other side. I have no idea what's going on here. The rich guy who owns the boat, I'm gonna tell you his name. It's Gabriel Trulane. Except it's not. So. His his name is introduced. I read it as Gabriel Trulane. The next panel, there's this woman sort of lingering on his lap, and she calls him Garby. <laughs> yeah, Garby. <laughs> and then I and then my eye looked back, and no, in fact, I'd read it wrong. His name is not Gabriel; it's Garbiel. <laughs> and oh, that's not funny. a name of a person. It's Garbiel Trulane, and it's reinforced by the fact that she calls him Garby. And yet, at the end of the issue, in the panel, well, there's a, there's like a, a narrator note. They they spell his name as Gabriel. So I don't actually know what the fuck is going on, but somebody at some point thought Garbiel was a real name. Oh, shit. And I, I could see it I, being a sort of process victim where somebody has written in the script, uh, you know, Garbiel Gar- instead of Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. And somebody else not wanting to sort of have a character not wanting to deal with Garbiel sort of tries to nicknameify it but now uh-huh. they're stuck with Garby <laughs> because yeah. Garby's not maybe... a nickname for Gabriel <laughs> I hate being stuck with Garby oh my god <laughs> anyway d- discussing this is kind of nothing I just needed to say it out loud and it was weird as shit it's true did you wait hang on wait so since we're still talking about boat shit the name of the boat is just Michelle <laughs> like <laughs> Like I, I have. We have to talk about that too. If we're gonna talk about Garby, we have to talk about how the name oh, of the Michelle. boat is just Michelle. It's nothing else except Michelle. I love that idea. I know everyone talks about boats like they're ladies, but just naming a boat like Sharon is incredible. <laughs> it just like you know, it's not like the light of the ocean or like the right. the Pearl de la Mar. It's literally just Michelle. Michelle. Like, <laughs> Uh, okay. Then, then there's a bit of a voodoo side thing that we do for a minute. <gasps> the iron, wait, iron the lung voodoo, iron lung voodoo, voodoo is man. the best. <laughs> what is this fucking comic? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. The man in an iron lung who is just like really pissed at all the people who he sees as having put him in this situation. Uh, and he's he's hired the motorcycle toughs who uh, who who we er- earlier talked about having roughed up Dracula. He's hired those same biker gangs to now talk uh, about street to essentially... for a biker gang. We beat up Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, he's he's meeting out vengeance in ways that he can't because he's in an iron lung, uh, and he's using these these biker gang people for it. It's just it's it's wild. So we've got that plot going on with a new character that we've met. And so we're, we keep like learning stuff about his past. 
And then one of the people he wants to kill is uh, is Quincy Harker. And so that sort of wraps in that crew. And then Dracula is just trying to get revenge on the biker gang. And so that happens. Basically forgive him a bad stock tip. Harker's yeah. got to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And he's doing it with voodoo dolls. Just... <laughs> it's all i got it's voodoo just like a robotic arm iron lung voodoo doll madman that's Mm -hmm. all you need to know about this comic and it's it what it well to get (laughs) and even just to bring it back to you know just sort of present day shit right like uh the fact that he's in an iron lung from polio is both Mm -hmm. uh pandemic-y and uh i guess in our medical debt sort of situation comes into play here yeah I don't know. It's just it's just really topical. It's goofy because he's also a voodoo monster, <laughs> but he is trapped in an iron lung because of severe medical debt. Yeah, I- exactly. It would be like if Walter White, instead of getting into meth, got into voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I this this issue gave me my favorite Dracula line I think we've ever had. Can't beat the it can't beat the thick and hot. Uh, yeah, and, and yet I find this hilarious because when he finally finds some of these motorcycle jerks, they don't recognize him. And he goes, so you fail to recognize me, eh? Well, youth, you've committed two wrongs against Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did you beat the shit out of me, now you don't even know who I am. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. It's so good. Fuck me, man. Uh, then there's a, there's a final issue in a spooky house. I, I don't have much to say about this, but it is kind of a big showdown with all the characters. Yeah. Everybody shows up. It's, it it's the, it's where like all of the divergent storylines kind of meet up in the spooky house, right? Yeah. Because they're all doing their own shit in other places. And then they're all like, we're all going to meet at the spooky house and fight. Okay. Ready? Go. Uh, you mean the house that screams? Yeah. yeah the, the house that screams. The screaming sorry. house. The house this, that this screams. screaming house. Yep. Yeah. And then it, it even cuts away at one point just to Blade chilling, having a drink and sharpening his knives. And Dracula calls him on the phone. Dracula calls him on the phone, yep. <laughs> you ever got a phone call from Dracula? And just says, hey, Blade, you suck. <laughs> Come meet me at the spooky house, the screaming house. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> Is your no, no, refrigerator running? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the call is coming from inside the spooky screaming it. <laughs> Man, it's just a blast. And I, I feel like we're, we keep talking about all the crazy shit that's happening. I, I want to just double say, I want. I just want to make sure that we say this again. The writing is quite decent. It's pretty in good. These good. It's good. It's, it's really fun. The art is consistently great. Gene Colan is doing a great job. Especially when there's like these big like, when, like spooky lights. yeah evening like like uh, lamplight sort of hazy shit like his really painterly like watercolory kind of art is just like wonderful. He's doing such just a good job, incredible. And and then I guess the big thing that happens right at the very end is that uh, is that Quincy's daughter Edith is turned into a vampire and he has to stake her. Yep. Which sucks. That's bad. Yeah. It's a bad time. That's a, that's a great couple panels, though. Like, the how she's, like, lying on the ground, and he just kind of unclicks his cane, and he's like, I'm so sorry. And he's crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. And it's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's fucking good. 
Draco's fucking good. I, I have this feeling that next week when we read our final two issues that we currently have planned, we're going to feel sad when to leave. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's a good feeling. I mean, it is a good feeling. I don't I don't want us to read all 70 issues of Tomb of Dracula, but like I feel like we've gotten a really good taste so far. Yeah, totally. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, is that my bell? Yes, is that little my bell. Is that my have little bell? Woken to, from my slumber to, to serve you? Have you have you awoken the great thirst? Where's Shane? Oh, right, I forgot. He exploded on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me take you on a little boat journey to today's fuck Mary kill, where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. Hello. Mm-hmm. First up, we got to talk about. We don't talk about Blade, okay? Blade is our first choice today because not only is it the first time we see him, but he is like a hot 70s Afro man. Yeah. He's got that open shirt, big necklace, covered in wooden knives. Like, get this man. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oh, we forgot about the line where Blade Blade has to get nude to fight fight Jack. Yes, (laughs) he has to take his clothes off to fight the vampires. This is true. Yeah. Um, Secondly, our, our second contender today is indeed... Michelle. Oh, the boat. <laughs> the, the boat. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Michelle, Michelle, the boat. Um, and <laughs> the luxury liner. The luxury liner, Michelle. And last but not least, Garby. <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the luxury liner. <laughs> Michelle's papa. Okay, so our choice today is a a a a disco vampire hunter, a boat, and a rich white guy who owns said boat. Okay, okay, I'm gonna feel bad if I don't marry Blade. You know what I mean? But at the same time, at the same time, I want to marry that boat. Yeah, marriage is theoretically for life, and having a boat forever sounds dope. Joe Biden wants to let people marry their boats. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's literally how he got my vote. I was like, vote for the boat. Vote for the boat. Get the boat out. <laughs> oh, why don't you Pokemon boat to the polls? <laughs> Why do you kill things we love, Andy? <laughs> uh, but then, but then, you know, you marry the rich guy for the money, right? <sighs> yeah. Garby. I mean, Garby's you loaded. Could, you could marry Garby. Now we don't know how much equity is lost in this boat explosion. We don't know that That's he's rich. True. After. I mean, oh, you don't think he has boat. insurance? You don't think he has boat he boat might, insurance? He might, but he might. It made it. It could have been full of money. He was. He went out to international waters to party. So let's. I mean, we just don't know the, the all the fallout of this boat explosion. And he's not very smart because he invited Dracula to his secluded boat party. So if that sounds sort like of... the best fiscal decision you could ever make, <laughs> the boat party has everything: Garvey, <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> A naked guy with wooden knives. Naked vampire hunters. <laughs> Exploding servants. A sassy Dracula. <laughs> I guess, okay, so what about the fuck question, right? I think there's pretty reasonable fucks on, on all three fronts. I agree. How do you fuck a boat? Do I want to answer that question? 
uh, you could probably Google it. Isn't there? Wait, hang on. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Please Google wait, it. I, wait, no, I have a thing. How to have fuck a, thing. a boat. <laughs> Andy, there's a game about fucking boats. What? No, stop. What? And the show there's we like an, Oh my God, you're talking about Azure Lane. <laughs> I, I, oh, holy is it, shit. Is it a, wait, is it a show or is it a, I thought it was a game with like anime girls and their boats. Yeah. So there's a there are two mobile games. There's Kantai Collection and uh, and Azure Lane, and they're both mobile games that have waifus that represent real life boats. Uh, but Azure, <laughs> Azure Lane Azure Lane has an anime. And for anyone, okay. So first of all, here's a little plug for our Patreon because if you subscribe to our SMT Podcast Patreon, not only do you help support this show and its fledgling little existence but you also support saturday morning tuesdays and we have a bonus episode that we did of smt where we watched azur lane and we talk all about these extremely cute anime <laughs> boat girls and if you oh, google yeah. if you google azur lane hms prince of wales you will find photos of my one true waifu because i i feel as though because that's if a I hot marry girl that, and she's also the hms prince of wales <laughs> Oh no! Look at her red coat. <laughs> Look at her red it? coat. She's a red coat. Uh, yeah, she's British, baby. Um, okay. Yeah, I. All right, all right. My fi- my final answer here. I'm gonna give a final answer, Andy and then we can the boat, hear from you y'all. Guys, Andy fucks the boat. <laughs> I fucked the boat. I married Blade. I kill Garby. Rory, what are you yeah. doing? I mean, I think that is. That's pretty reasonable, right? We uh, everybody kills yeah. Garby. Um, I'm gonna marry the boat. I'm gonna marry Michelle. Ooh. Yeah, right. She has a name. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you have to marry <laughs> Michelle. How dare you? Uh, do I think we do all kill Garby because he's just a rich white guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, yeah, I mean, we what are you gonna him. do if, if he if he was a little bit more fun on the page? I could I could play around with these, but Garby sucks. So yeah, Axon. Garby's trash. Yep. Fuck, marry, kill, uh, eat the rich. And yes, Shane, what's oh, oh, wait. So, wait, you marry Rory, you marry the you marry the boat, you fuck Blade, and you kill Garvey. Yeah, I wanted to say I've noticed something with our episode or with our fuck Mary kills. You know how Shane always usually gives me shit for my sort of uh, uh, practical approach to marriage. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> most of these have a pretty graphic explanation of what of how Shane would kill his, his target. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. That is true. I absolutely. <laughs> Me and Andy's so, like kill, and he's like, "All right, bullet in the <laughs> time to bite down on this chrome piece of shit." <laughs> All right, Shane, give, give, give it to us. Don't don't rip open my brain on the on the <laughs> podcast. How dare you? <laughs> don't expose my brain. Um, no. Okay, so I I think I f- I fuck Blade. And I marry Michelle. Yeah, okay. baby. And Blade and I get on Michelle and we run over Garvey. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, this has been issue number 25 of the Infinite Backlog. Thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, as I say at the end of every issue, I'm going to get you, Goblin. I'm going to destroy you slowly. And when you start begging for me to end it, I'm going to remind you of one thing. The Infinite Backlog comes out every Saturday, so like, comment, and subscribe. Bye! 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 Bye.